Petrobras, Brazil's state-controlled oil and gas firm, is under military intervention. President Jair Bolsonaro announced his intention to make a change to the company's leadership, replacing CEO Roberto Castelo Branco with a retired army general. The news caused Petrobras shares to plunge on February 22nd in what was a sort of Black Monday for Brazil's biggest company. In just one trading session, Petrobras lost one-fifth of its market value as brokerage firms and investment banks told customers to dump whatever stake they have in the oil giant. Brazil's risk level went up 14% in a day, and its currency lost further ground against the US dollar. And yet, President Bolsonaro doesn't appear to be willing to back down, even announcing that he plans to intervene in other sectors of the economy. Will financial markets finally realized that Bolsonaro was never the libertarian he portrayed himself to be in the 2018 election? And also, what does this say about governance principles when it comes to Brazilian state-owned companies? My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Petrobras, Brazil's oil and gas giant, is what domestic law calls a mixed-capital company. While the government holds a controlling interest in the firm, it's not a purely state-owned company and just under 50% of its shares belong to private investors. Petrobras went public in 1997 and is currently traded in São Paulo, New York City, Madrid and Buenos Aires. Still, Brazil's federal government retains its role as controller and holds nearly two-thirds of the voting shares. Plus, two public banks own a combined 13% of the company. This diverse profile of stakeholders has created a rift between the government and minority owners. One side considers the effects of Petrobras' role in government policies and its institutional symbolism in Brazil, while the other is purely interested in the company's bottom line. That division becomes apparent when it comes to gas prices. Petrobras holds a near monopoly over the country's oil refining industry, meaning that it has massive influence over how much Brazilians pay for fuel at the pump. Since January the 1st, diesel has gotten 28% more expensive in Brazil and gasoline prices have jumped 35%. Facing a sluggish economy and rising inflation, Bolsonaro decided not to let fuel prices get too high. In 2018, similar increases led to a trucker strike that halted the country for nearly two weeks and scarred the economy. The strike has essentially tanked Brazil's economy. Grocery stores have been empty, airports have been closed, and gas pumps have run dry. So Bolsonaro took matters into his own hands and called for a change of Petrobras CEO. His pick for the position is retired Army General Joaquim Silva e Luna, a former defense minister who previously worked as the head of the massive Itaipu hydropower plant. Analysts expected turmoil, but we got carnage. That's right, Petrobras shares down by more than a fifth on Monday, wiping more than 10 billion euros off the company's value. Petrobras market value evaporated with a 20% skid in a single trading session. 
and the frenzy contaminated other state-owned companies as it became apparent that Bolsonaro will also try to hold down electricity prices by force. Agora resolveram atacar na energia. Vamos meter o dedo na energia elétrica, que é outro problema também. To discuss the implications of this debacle, we welcome back Carlos Góes, Chief Research Officer at Think Tank Instituto Mercado Popular. Carlos, thanks for coming back on the show. Tell me, when it comes to Petrobras, what's the ideal balance between protecting the interests of minority stakeholders and using the company for policy making? Yes, so, so what we can see observing different national oil companies that operate at the international markets is that it's not necessarily the case that the fact that the government has a majority stake in that company that we would necessarily undermine uh, its profitability. So we can think about uh, two extreme cases, right? I mean, we have a company like Statoil uh, from Norway and on one extreme. And even though it's, you know, it's controlled by the Nor Norwegian government, it operates under market rules and it has enough independence to put the interests of the company ahead of, of in political interests of the controlling shareholders. Uh, on the other extreme, we have a company like uh, PDVSA in, in Venezuela, for instance, in which they have, they are controlled by the government. And actually, the, you know, the corporate interests are totally, were totally put to the side uh, over the, the last 10 years. And the company was used to pursue political interests, including funding current expenditures uh, of the national government. So there, what was happening is that, you know, since the central bank couldn't directly finance uh, the government in Venezuela, they they had a scheme in which the central bank was lending money to the oil company PDVSA, and PDVSA was funding some government programs. So we have two extremes. We don't necessarily have the case that it is impossible to have a national uh, oil company controlled by the government that will operate under market rules, but it depends on, on the, you know, the kind of in institutional governance that we, you will have for that particular company. You can have a situation in which even though you have a, a, a you know, government-controlled company, you will have independence for the managers of the company to pursue investments and to maximize the interests, uh, business interests of that company. And of course, you know, since the government is a majority shareholder, it will benefit from the dividends of those corporate investments and can use those resources to fund investments or fund whatever uh, the political managers of, of the government decide is necessary. But so... I don't see this as a clear-cut situation in which it is impossible for uh, you know, a government-controlled uh, company to, to be profitable. It's just a matter of how you have the institutional government of that particular corporation. So on the scale between PDVSA and Statoil, where do we place Petrobras? Somewhere between those two extremes. And it has moved back and forth between those two different uh, poles of this spectrum, right? So, uh, of course, we had the situation in which Petrobras during the 90s, it, it, after 
the different reforms in the energy sector that allowed other corporations to operate in the Brazilian markets. There are, you know, academic studies that shows that the threat of competition by other corporations incentivized the gain in productivity uh, in Petrobras. So, and there was uh, an improvement in governance uh, over the 90s and in early 2000s while the, the, the company opened itself for the possibility of private investments even though the government still retained a majority stake. So there were improvements in, in corporate governance, but there was always a tension uh, in which uh, the government tried to use its stake in Petrobras to pursue some political goals. And what are the immediate effects of Bolsonaro's intervention in Petrobras? You know, this action actually hurts profitability of the company since the price of its inputs are going up. You know, uh, Petrobras refines oil to produce fuel, fuel domestically. It imports some of those inputs, and the price of those inputs are, is going up. And of course, there is also an opportunity cost because it's producing oil domestically, and it would be able to sell this product uh, for a higher price in international markets. It's forced to you know, to push prices down, to, to, to be able to supply the domestic market. So, of course, there is a, a, a loss in terms of profitability of the company, and, and that's directly connected to, to future dividend streams that private investors would have. What we saw today in financial markets, which was, uh, you know, a decrease of over 20% in value of of Petrobras stocks is reflecting investors' expectations of lower uh, dividend streams in the future. So lower profitability of, uh, of the company and, of course, lower dividends in the future. And that's directly reflected in, in, the, you know, in the stock price. Right. So how will this case contaminate other types of investments in Brazil? The government is signaling that it might interfere in some of those mixed ownership companies in which it has a majority stake, but also private investors have a stake uh, in, in those corporations to make sure that whatever decisions those corporations make are in the best political interest of whoever is in the government right now. So they signal that they are willing to hurt the bottom line of those corporations to maximize their political interests. So, of course, if you're a private investor, uh, you get a little bit skeptical about future dividend streams of any uh, mixed ownership corporation in Brazil. You have no certainty that whatever investments those companies are making in, in the present will bear fruits in the future because now you know that your interest as a minority shareholder will not necessarily be protected by the controlling shareholders of those corporations. And to the economy on a broader scale. Fuel prices, of course, they affect directly a lot of people. Uh, whoever owns a car uh, goes to the gas pump and is directly uh, affected by fluctuations in, in f fuel prices, not only gas, right? I mean, diesel 
is, of course, very important for uh, truck drivers uh, that, as we know, are an important part of the base of President Bolsonaro. In, in, in many countries, including, you know, I live in the U.S. right now, and gas prices at the pump, they fluctuate here where I live, uh, along with international markets. So if, if oil is more expensive, gas will become more expensive, not only at wholesale markets, but also here at the pump uh, where I live. Uh, in Brazil, traditionally, it, it hasn't been like that. Throughout the 2000s, there was some disconnect between uh, international oil prices and gas prices domestically. Uh, domestic prices had, had been uh, much flatter as compared to the fluctuations in international markets. There was some change uh, in the beginning of President Rousseff's second term that was uh, brought about by her economic team, but actually implemented by President uh, Temer, uh, granting Petrobras some more independence in its decisions uh, in being able to transfer whatever costs it, it has to consumers, to the downstream consumers. And, but, but there has always been this kind of disconnect traditionally in Brazil between whatever was happening in international markets and what was happening in, in domestic markets. And why was that? Because Petrobras was acting as a shock absorber, you know? So as if prices went up in international markets, uh, Petrobras, uh, controlled by the government, would avoid just passing those uh, cost changes to the domestic consumers to avoid uh, political turmoil. Of course, you have some downsides of, of transferring all those costs to domestic consumers, right? Because uh, if you do that, you have a lot of volatility. It's harder for domestic producers and domestic consumers to make plans. So it's not crazy to think about some kind of mechanism that will try to uh, decrease volatility in international markets uh, when passing those costs to the domestic market. But uh, it, it, it becomes more complicated when you try to do that over time, especially if the gap between costs for Petrobras and prices that it charges in, in domestic markets becomes too big, because, of course, that will necessarily uh, lead to losses uh, for the corporation in the future. So that's those are the two sides of the coin. Uh, it is domestic consumers, of course, they want lower prices. They're going to be happier if they have lower prices. And politicians want domestic consumers to be happier. But uh, if costs go up in international markets and Petrobras doesn't you know, pass those costs to domestic consumers, uh, the corporation itself will absorb uh, losses. In the 2018 election, markets hailed Bolsonaro as a sort of libertarian candidate, despite his track record as a lawmaker suggesting otherwise. As president, he tried to meddle with multiple areas he shouldn't, such as the federal police, federal revenue service, the congressional leadership vote, the money laundering enforcement agency. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Will markets finally wake up and smell the coffee or... In this case, the crude oil? 
there were very few reforms that were initiated and concluded in this particular administration. Uh, the only thing that they were able to achieve was some ongoing reforms, right? And one possible reason is that uh, the president doesn't really believe in its his own economic agenda, right? And so anytime there is some conflict between whatever the president believes and what his economic team is trying to put forth, uh, the president will prevail. And we saw that that has been happening uh, a couple of times. So maybe some areas in which the, go- the president doesn't care about or doesn't really understand. Uh, and we can think about uh, central bank in- independence, which was more of a technical thing. Uh, he leaves his economic team to act independently, but uh, whatever hurts his main political interests, he will have a stake and his instincts are very different from the instincts of, of his own uh, economic team. Carlos, thank you very much. After the break, we look into the security pitfalls President Jair Bolsonaro has thrown Petrobras into. We'll be right back. As you know, the Brazilian Report is an independent news outlet that lives off subscriptions, so you can support our independence by choosing one of our plans for the best content about Brazil in English. And if you have already subscribed, then you can also buy us a coffee with a small donation starting at $4 and going up to whatever your budget and your heart allows, you can help us refill our coffee mugs to continue covering Brazil. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. Buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. It was Friday evening when President Jair Bolsonaro posted on his Facebook wall that the government intended to replace the CEO of Petrobras. After the weekend, Bolsonaro commented on his decision with supporters, saying the company's leadership was only looking out for the interests of a small minority of investors instead of considering the needs of the Brazilian people. Sure, but Petrobras is a publicly traded company, and as such, its actions must follow certain rules. For one, as controller, the government has a fiduciary responsibility to investors. That is, it must act in the investor's best interests. Carlos Portugal Gouveia, you are a professor of corporate law at the University of São Paulo. Tell me, how can the government set fuel pricing policies and respect its fiduciary duties to investors? If you look at the Brazilian corporate law, it already provides a guide on how it should be done properly. So what it says is that uh, the controlling shareholder, as you mentioned, the uh, Brazilian uh, Federal Union could direct the company to fulfill the public interest that is provided in the law that created that public company that uh, uh, with a controlling stake. So if you look at Petrobras, uh, the uh, its uh, bylaws and the law that created it provides that it can be used to regulate prices on the consumer markets in Brazil. So. In theory, it would not be illegal. It just would have to be done properly. And was it done properly? I mean, the president posted the news on Facebook, his 
own Facebook page, it wasn't exactly doing things by the book. Well, there are several layers of problems in that process. Uh, I think the first one is that the president has no authority over the board of Petrobras directly. The board of Petrobras is independent and it should uh, decide according to the best interests of the company. All the board members who are those that actually elect the chief executive officer, uh, they have fiduciary duties towards the company and only towards the company. If the president issued that uh, announcement, would that represent some liability of the company itself because it uh, issued a material fact uh, outside of the traditional channels? Uh, if you would look at it formally, no, because the president does not have, in theory, the power to make that change. If what the president said in that uh, communication actually becomes true, it means that the board of Petrobras, in a sense, is not as independent as we would expect it to be. So does that mean that Petrobras may be exposed to class action lawsuits from investors claiming that their interests aren't being protected by the controller? It's worth recalling that in 2018, Petrobras had to settle for nearly $3 billion in a class action lawsuit filed by minority shareholders in New York. They claimed that corruption scandals showed that the leadership deliberately disrespected their fiduciary duties. Yes, um, what we identified, particularly with Petrobras regarding this, the corruption scandals in the past, is that the class actions in the United States were very successful, uh, but the equivalent attempts uh, in Brazil were not successful. So as a result of that, uh, we uh, the investors in, in Petrobras in Brazil were put in a very weak position because in a sense, they were not indemnified for those wrongdoings. But the investors that uh, actually acquired uh, ADRs of Petrobras in the uh, U.S. market were indemnified. And eventually the same might happen here, but uh, not. Uh, uh, we, we need to identify here what the damage is. And that is not clear yet, but it might be become clearer in the future, uh, that damage, those damages might be related to the uh, price policy of the company on itself. Uh, and it might happen again that eventually uh, uh, that might lead to class actions in the U.S. that might end up being successful. The economy ministry was trying to promote an agenda of improved governance in state-owned companies in order to comply with international standards. How do you see these efforts? So those efforts were timid, in my opinion. They were very limited. So we have a new uh, legislation that provides for the governance of the uh, state-controlled companies, as I mentioned. Uh, and they, it provides certain guidelines on how those uh, board members should be selected, for example, which is uh, positive. But I think the main thing that we uh, are missing, we don't have a securities authority that is strong enough to face uh, uh, those challenges that are related to corruption, uh, but also to insider trading. Uh, what we would need now is 
uh, our securities authority with a much larger budget and with uh, council members that are appointed in a very independent way that have no previous relation with the government or with uh, any of the companies that might be subject to its ruling. And do you see any of these changes you just mentioned coming in the short term? Uh, you know, these will not materialize any sooner unless it becomes, you know, a, a very strong request of uh, very active members of uh, our capital markets, uh, managers of investment firms. But they are not well organized nowadays to present such, you know, such political propositions. Uh, and uh, in fact, what we've seen in the last few years is that the Brazilian capital markets in Brazil boomed and the budget for CVM uh, was maintained the same. Carlos Portugal Gouveia, thank you very much. And we hope to have you back on this show in the future. And we will continue monitoring the fallout at Petrobras and the Brazilian economy. You can follow that too on the Brazilian Report. Just go to brazilian.report. And if you have made this far into the episode, you're probably a fan of Explaining Brazil. So show us some love and please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trials, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you back next week. <laughs>